0: From ladies, germs, and people of all genders to the Ah uh, Real Films podcast, where we are bringing you another special review of a movie currently out in theaters, *Pet Cemetery*. I'm your host Taylor,
1: and I'm your host Curtis. We got some normal names today, <laughs> yeah. isn't that great? Well,
0: on the special episodes, we like we We're just like stick serious. to the facts. Yeah, we yeah, we, it's a little bit more of a serious thing. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, so this is another special review episode where we are going to be covering Pet Cemetery, uh, which is a remake, reimagining of 1989's Pet Cemetery, which is based on the 1983 novel of the same name by Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original Pet Cemetery was directed by Mary Lambert, quite famously, I would say. Uh, And the new Pet Cemetery is directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer, which Curtis told me are the directors of Starry Eyes, which we covered in episode nine. Or nine, or I think nine? it was nine. Yeah. Nine. New, New yeah. Year, New we, Me. We
1: did some great research on this episode, folks. Yeah. You guys are, I'm sure you're really excited right now. <laughs> um,
0: and so we are just going to kind of give a brief overview of the film. We are going to get into our three things, and then we'll do a quick closing. This is as always, a sp- uh, well. As always, on our special episodes, of which this is the second, this is a mm-hmm. spoiler-free review, so you can feel free to listen to this episode even if you haven't yet seen Pet Cemetery. However, I will say, kind of getting into our opening statement, it is not that different from 1989's Pet Cemetery. So I feel like if you've mm-hmm. seen 1989's Pet Cemetery, not too much about the new film. Maybe that's in as an, in of itself a spoiler, but I feel like yeah, it's a reimagining of 1989's Pet Cemetery. Just with, I would say, probably some updated visuals and uh Different slightly,
1: ending as well. Yeah, different uh, ending
0: slightly, and slightly different uh, plot points.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, I know we're going to go into our three things here pretty soon, but I have to say um, I was pretty disappointed with the fact that it did kind of borrow a lot of the same plot beats. Um, and I guess, you know, this is a little unfair to the film because I'm sure it was made primarily before like hereditary came out but i really feel like um you know a lot of the plot points in the film could have been done a lot better if they had kind of shifted away from the old film a little bit and focused more on the characters and less on kind of the plot beats a little bit but what did you think about that i mean i guess it's hard not to compare it to the old film because it's so similar to the old film i'd never read the book either What do you feel about this film in comparison to the old film and the book, which I know you have read?
0: Well, Curtis, I'm actually kind of glad you asked that. You don't know what my three things are, but the first of my three things is related to this topic, so I think I'll just probably just hop right into that. Um, My first thing is a question, which is, what is the point of remakes? Um, And I don't mean that in a snarky way. We have mentioned on the show before that we are very much not anti-remake. I've enjoyed a lot of remakes of films. I've talked very frequently about my love of the new Wicker Man, but...
1: Well, we also covered the ring in one of our episodes, mm-hmm. we um, covered, one of our earlier episodes. We covered yeah, the American
0: ring, which we both enjoy as well. Um, but I would say a good remake takes the original and makes it relevant for a new audience, a new generation, or by using new visuals to explore another aspect of the story. And so I I feel like the new Pet Cemetery is a little disappointing in that regard because it really does feel pretty much beat by beat like the original film, Um, and I was not super impressed with some of the updates to the visuals in the films. I thought Mm. certain scenes in the film looked a little, uh, I hate to say it, but like campy and and cheesy. And so uh, I think a good remake is definitely possible, and I think a good remake... I, I can't really think of one off the top of my head except for The Ring, so I guess I'll use that as an example, but The Ring to me, made references that were more relevant to the American audience that it was kind of posturing towards. Um, and so I really think Pet Cemetery missed the beat on that. I will also say that Stephen King's novel very much focuses on the grief of the family. And both of the films have missed that mark for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they really don't center on the actual grief of the family, which is the main point of the book uh, which brings me actually to my second point which is depicting grief in films I think it I think it's a pretty difficult thing to do and as much as I dogged on hereditary in our top 10 of 2018 episode it really wasn't a film for me I can see and I can appreciate its depiction of grief um, and I think that's a probably a prime example of how you depict grief in films I think films that try to depict grief without develop without spending a considerable amount of time developing their characters do a disservice to that because grief is so personal and grief is about the person you lost. So if you don't know the person you lost, then how are you supposed to really care? Um, And I think this film kind of does a disservice to its characters by focusing too much on plot and honestly, by focusing too much on horror, by trying to just deliver scares at whatever cost, I think we missed a lot of character, character development. And so that actually... Then brings me to my third point, which is mood versus plot. On this show, we've talked a lot about slow burn films. We've talked a lot about how we both appreciate uh, films for film's sakes, like showing beautiful imagery or showing frightening imagery and, and using that imagery to evoke feelings in the viewer. I think Pet Cemetery is a very plot driven film. I think the original was a very plot-driven film. It's basically like they looked at the book and they said, okay, we have to show all of these things. So we have to move through the book. We have to explain everything. And while that is interesting and while that, for me, kept the movie going, like I was always... I was always invested because I wanted to see what would happen next, essentially. I think what it loses is creating a real sense of mood and of creating character development. And the scenes in which they tried to create a creepy mood are those scenes that I think fell really flat, really emotionless. Um, And this is a film that asks you to be really invested in the characters. It asks you to care when characters die and... For me, it just it missed that mark because it was too focused um, on the plot. So those are my three things, uh, again, mm-hmm. which is what is the point of remakes, depicting grief in films, and mood versus plot. I will say kind of not as a fourth thing, but um, I know these things uh, in discussing them made it seem like I didn't care for the film. For me, this wasn't a great film, but I do think it was a film worth checking out if you're a fan of Stephen King and if you're interested in seeing remakes. If you're someone who enjoys remakes, I think this was a good remake. Um, I think the problem is that the original film just wasn't that strong for me either.
1: Yeah. So uh, with your discussion on kind of the plot versus mood or plot versus like character development, I was going to start with a a nice thing to say about this (laughs) film. But since you have talked about that, let me start with one of my probably the major problem I had with this film is that the horror is all wrong. And by that, I mean, it's kind of what you're saying is that this movie focuses a lot on the plot and on plot points. And that's, its focus. And when it, when we're talking about the mood of the film, again, I thought some of the moodier scenes were very cheesy looking, kind of just, you know, silly looking and not effective. And then even more so, The relationships with the characters, I felt just were not well developed enough. The story was more concerned about like going from point A to point B, point B to point C, like the beats of the plot that, you know, I assume is in Stephen King's book than it was showing like, you know, how much these characters loved each other and what loss, you know, and then subsequently like what the loss means to them. And I'm trying to be as vague as possible to kind of not give away what's here, but. This film, I felt like, could have been so much more. And it it makes me wonder, you know, again, I've never read the book, but is it just a bad story? Uh, You know, is the way that the story is written by Stephen King just bad? But you told me just now that, you know, it actually is a very traumatic and personal story that Stephen King wrote. And I've read that other places. And it's odd that this film would kind of take that tack that the original film did and and choosing to kind of remake the original film instead of readapting the novel. When we've seen so many films, we talked about the invitation on our last episode. We've, uh, you know, I've spoken about Hereditary. So many films have been like so powerfully, you know, emotional based on the relationships of its characters. Uh, and it, this film could have done that, and it didn't. And it is a little disappointing, I think. However, my second point is is that I do think this film was better than the original, and I know that is going to be very heretical. Her- Mm-hmm. What, is that the right word? Yes, Heret- heretical mm-hmm. to many uh, to many people listening. Um, I've seen a lot of talk about this film lately from uh, horror fans, and people have been just you know expressing their love for the original Pet Cemetery. I think it might be one of the most poorly acted horror films I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think it's scary or effective. I, I think this is an incredibly unpopular opinion, so I'm I'm you know very edgy and cool for having that opinion. However, I just did not find the film effective or scary, and I certainly felt that it was very, very poorly acted. I think this film was scary at parts. There were some jump scares that really got me. There was some good gore in it. Um, it was well acted. I, I don't think... The story did the acting justice, or the, the, the especially the script. There are some real groaners in this film. Um, but I did think some of the interactions between the characters were very, like, heartbreaking and very touching because, you know, the actors were kind of giving it their all. Um, so I did appreciate that about the film, and, you know, that kind of kept it from being a real dud to me is that you know the actors were trying and I, I kind of felt it a little bit but I do want to give kind of my third point and this is kind of something that's a real pet peeve for me the character of Zelda in the original film and in this film she's kind of like a character that the mother in this film looks back on and like feels guilty about and you know it's kind of affecting her present actions and kind of contributes to what bad happens in this film but I have a big problem in both films of how Zelda is represented. I am not scared by disabilities. Someone who is disabled does not scare me. Like that cannot in 2019 be a thing in a film. Like she has spinal meningitis that does not make her scary. And I know there are these lines like, Oh, Zelda hated me, but you don't really get that. You just see her suffering in this film. And that's supposed to be, that's supposed to scare you. Like her, her, the shape that she is in is supposed to scare you. We need to stop doing this. Like, Disabled people can be scary and can be villains and can be evil. That's fine, but when it's the whole idea is that this person's scary because they're disabled, it's 2019, folks. We got to stop doing this. And I would hope, you know, I understand that's how Stephen King wrote it. He wrote this novel back in 1984 or 85, whenever he wrote it. Times have changed. They need, you know, I I was very disappointed with how that was depicted in this film. Um, so. That are my three things. And overall, you know, didn't love this film. I thought it was a little shallow. thought it was scary. And I thought parts were effective. So this is kind of like 5, 4.5, 5 range for me. And uh, before we conclude, um, I went to go see this film with my girlfriend, producer Chanel. And uh, I was going to ask her to give her thoughts. Does that sound good, Taylor?
0: Yeah, I would love to hear what she thought about this film. All right,
1: great. Chanel! <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm just kidding. I'll go get her. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, if you want to just, like, maybe give a two- or three-minute little mini-review, no spoilers of what you thought of the film.
2: No spoilers. Yeah. I'm actually just Googling spinal meningitis real quick because I, like, literally laughed in the other room.
0: It is. It's spinal meningitis. I think they say that in the film, do they not? I
2: don't know, but she... Her...
0: Don't bring the nurse aspect I'm into I'm sorry. This. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, my feelings on Pet Cemetery. I wish that I would have heard what you guys said about it, or at least you, Taylor. I know what Curtis thinks already. So I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I think it was a great film and movie, both. I think that I get scared very easily, which Curtis has alluded to many a time. So... I'm big on spoilers. I will not reveal any spoilers of this film um, at this time. But for me, knowing what is going to be in a movie makes me be able to enjoy it. Like if I'm going to be literally hiding behind my hands the whole time or get like really scared, I'm not going to be able to enjoy it. So I think knowing what was going to happen, for me at least, was good. Um, I did like that they switched a few things up. In this film, one of my favorite kind of gore parts. I don't want to be too specific. Don't be too specific. Okay, I won't be too specific. It is
1: the gore part in the film.
2: Maybe the only gore part in this film. Still there. Still very good. (laughs) You know, upon further discussion with Curtis directly after the movie, I do agree that maybe it was a little fucked up that (laughs) the main horror part about the sister is her... Having a disability, um, but honest, that part scared me so much in the first film that I legitimately, as soon as I knew it was coming, I just covered my eyes the entire time when I knew that the sister was going to be there. So, um, still scary. Oh, also very important to note, Taylor, please have my back on this. I legitimately okay. thought that the dad was—is his name Matthew Perry, the guy from Friends.
0: It's not Matthew Perry. Well,
2: I know it's not, but, like, I literally, it took me, like, halfway through the movie. I even was, like, oh, cool, like, Matthew Perry's, like, branching out. like
0: Like, I feel like you should know this about me, though. I don't like Friends. I've never, like, really watched it.
2: No, neither have okay. I, which is why oh. I had it so confused. If I had watched Friends, maybe I would have known that it wasn't him. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was the Friends guy. Mm-hmm. Um, not the Friends guy, but that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I liked it. I'm glad you liked it. I mean, because me and Chris were kind of dogging on it, to be honestly. Well, not, you know, we both enjoyed it, but we had, like, problems with it especially like thinking about the original and then especially thinking about the novel that i'm glad to like hear someone's perspective who liked it because i'm sure plenty mm. of people are going to like it. it already has like a higher rating on rotten tomatoes even though it's only been a few days but i expect that mm. to continue so so yeah i'm glad you liked it and i i enjoyed seeing it i went out with my friend i drank some crown apple i had a great time so i had Ooh, fun crown watching apple. it yeah i had ground apple. was it chris Uh, Of course it was.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think maybe if I had read the book, I wouldn't have liked it as much. Maybe. I don't know. But I think as an entertaining film that didn't scare me too much. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And I mean, that's a good perspective from someone who doesn't tend to enjoy horror films. Like, I think it is a good film for maybe people who don't see as many horror films because it has some good scares in it, but it's not like so scary as to be unenjoyable right
2: yeah exactly like i know curtis has also mentioned before that i am more into just straight slashers Mm -hmm. um which this definitely is not enjoyable film for the casual horror fan
0: (laughs) i love i love that as a tagline for the episode
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right i think curtis is stealing my cans Mm -hmm. (laughs) my cans all right thank you chanel
1: we're sharing a set of cans we can't just do like one bud and one bud i have to wear this yeah like you did with angel yeah yeah, I got to do this whole thing, so oh, um, thank you, Chanel.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Chanel. I mean, no, I mean, I think that's great. I like to hear, I love to hear the perspective of our friends and family who aren't necessarily huge horror fans because it always, yep. like, it's, it's shocking to me, first of all, that Chanel only likes slasher films, first of all, because I tend to find those the scariest. Um, so for someone who doesn't like horror films, I'm like, I don't get that. But uh, yeah, when I talk to my friends who aren't necessarily horror films, the movies that they end up liking always surprise me, like, cause I'm like, I either didn't like it or I personally find that particularly scary. So, um, yeah, that was really great. And I'm glad Chanel was able to come on.
1: Yeah. And I'm, it's nice to get a different perspective too. I right. mean, there are people that out there, there are going to be people out there that enjoy this film and mm-hmm. you should still, you should still give it a shot.
0: Um, so do you have any closing thoughts you want to go over? No. Okay. No,
1: I think I think you know. again, to me, it's a pretty average film. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> the tots have a time. The tots. <laughs> to me, it's a pretty average film, but um, you know, I think p- there are people that will really like it. So, um Might cool. as well give it a shot. And I yeah. think it was better than the original. So.
0: Um, I just have kind of two things that I uh, wanted to go over. Um, first of all, uh, this is not the first or only. Stephen King adapted film to use the quote-unquote Indian burial ground as a plot device. Um, And actually the podcast Dead Meat has a really great episode on the depiction of Native people in horror films with their friend who is a Native person. And so um, I I suggest people check that episode out. I don't recall what it's called, but it was from, I believe, November 2018. Um, So they actually have more information about that. But I looked it up and apparently the Burial ground in that is depicted in the movie is from the Micmac tribe. So, fun fact, in case you wanted to know, hmm. a, a continuation of a problematic theme in horror films. And then the other, I, first of all, I totally agree with your point about using uh, disability as a horror plot point in horror films. Yes, people with disabilities can be villains and can be scary and can be, you know, all of those things. But if their disability is the sole thing. That makes them scarier, makes them villainous. Like, obviously, that's a problem. Um, And I also wanted to touch on your point about, you know, it being kind of edgy that you don't like the original Pet Cemetery. I'm not quite with you there. I do enjoy it. I mean, I don't think it's great, but I enjoy it for what it is. However, some people straight up love that film. Like they say it's one of their favorite mm-hmm. horror films. They say it's one of the best Stephen King adaptions. Um, and I I want to say some of that might be attributed to the fact that it was directed by Mary Lambert in a time period where not a lot of horror films were directed by women. And so even though I wouldn't say like, oh, this is such a great film and we should or we should support it just because it was directed by a woman, I do think that, that at that time period got people excited you know and I think that I, I think understand. that that's yeah, yeah I think that's super valid so I just wanted I, to kind of touch on that
1: and I you know I'm not one of the I never begrudge anybody for liking any film for whatever reason so you know me not liking it Yeah, is whatever. Yeah, I don't think you know, I know there are people that think it's one of the best horror films of all time. And I think, you know, that's great. Uh, You know, the more horror films out there for people to love the better to me.
0: Exactly. And the more people who like different types of horror films, also the better. Like if I hear about someone who doesn't like a film that I love, I always love hearing their opinion because we need more diversity of opinion in horror anyway. And so... I
1: was just going to say, unless you like see no evil, and then you're just you're just wrong. The Kane WWE film. I I, I know what see no
0: evil is. God, I had to look it up for our uh, episode where you talked about it, because I always tag the films that we discuss, and I oh. just had to Google Kane Ooh. Horror Film because I couldn't remember what it was
1: called. But. Uh, there's two, actually, because there's seen No Evil 2. But anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, anyway, thank you all for listening to our review of Pet Cemetery. Uh, we both give it about middle-of-the-road reviews, but I would say definitely check it out because Chanel liked it. I can definitely see some people liking it. It is a very interesting and original idea. um, And I think it's a pretty solid remake. So thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next time.
1: Thanks, folks.